good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome once again to another episode of The Unmade Bed. Uh, I'm Adrian, this is Bree. Say hello, Bree. Hello, Bree. Uh, it's another Friday night um, when we're recording this. Um, Bree wanted to talk about the Kate Miller Heinke concert that she went to recently. Kate was back in Hobart, I think, for the first time since COVID. Oh, easily, since, yeah, definitely yeah. since COVID. I purchased tickets uh, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, which was sort of, uh, I it was, was it, it was quite when COVID had just kind of kicked off and people were a little bit more um, ambitious that it might only last a few months. Yeah. So the ticket sales went ahead and then, of course, it was cancelled and then it was shifted to a year later and then that year later came around and then it was shifted again. Mm. Until it finally took place. Oh, and um, <clears throat> Kate's Kate's no stranger to Tasmania in particular. She's she's done some. Did you do some recording with the Tasmanian Symphony Orchestra, or did she just do some performances? Yeah, she did. She did some recording with with the TSO, mm-hmm. um, and she did a, a, a yeah a um, pretty good concert with them. It would have been three or four years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but so as, she, as she mentioned, she also has family down here in Tasmania. Um, oh, I didn't know that. There you go. Yes, she's a, um, yeah, been a fairly frequent visit, visitor to Tasmania, so she doesn't tend to skip it on her on her tour dates. Okay. Hmm. So, uh, good show all in all? Marks out of 10? That was a 10 out of 10 show. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, she's, she's very much a professional, and um, she... Uh, brings a great deal of artistry to to, to what she does. So um, it was it was very entertaining. I had a VIP ticket that I'd been holding on to for a couple of years. So we got to um, have a have a listen to the sound check um, for a start, which was good because they sort of played a song in the sound check that got actually got cut from the the final show. Oh, okay. Um, got to talk to Kate for a, for a little bit, and, uh, and her husband, who's also um, he, he's got a doctorate in in uh, in music. Oh, okay. From the Queensland Conservatorium. Right. Um, he plays guitar on her in her show, but uh, mm-hmm. he's also a very good musician in his own right. Okay. And. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was an ex- excellent show from an excellent Australian entertainer. Mm, she's got a young child, hasn't she? Yes. So Bub comes along. Uh, no, someone actually asked her that in, in when we had the Q and A. He was staying in Melbourne with in, oh, in laws. Okay. Guess it makes sense not to sort of have uh, potentially have him exposed to COVID and that kind of thing at the moment. Yeah, he's so. maybe about four or five years old yeah. now. So okay, that makes sense. Old, old enough to, to stay with the grandparents and, and enjoy it mm. Mm. for what it is. Mm. Um, while we're on music, interestingly, Kate Bush's uh, Running Up That Hill, uh, which got featured in Stranger Things, is still number still one Still number one. After f- about four weeks now on Yes, top. so what does this say about modern music, or what does this say something about Kate Bush's... Uh, popularity and, and enduring uh, artistry. I, I 
well, kind of feel there's a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B, but... It's interesting you say that, because I actually went to check on the ARIA charts whether any of Kate Bush's albums or compilations was actually even in the top 50 albums, and they're not. No. Um, the Stranger Things soundtrack, I think, is in the top five on the soundtrack. So, um, I, I, I'm a little... Uh, I'm Yeah, I have to say I'm puzzled as to if people are discovering Kate Bush and liking what she does, why none of her other, or none of her albums are appearing anywhere on the charts. That just seems a little bit strange to me. Yeah, but people don't, people just don't do albums anymore. There is an albums chart, but how, how representative is mm. what people listen to? It's, uh, if people aren't buying the vinyl release, mm. Is, is the album actually charting? I'd, I'd have to argue that it's probably not. Mm. Seems that if you look at the vinyl chart and then you look at what the actual chart is, they tend to be pretty close to mm. to what's going on. And people, especially people like me, I, I, I don't even have a, a record player, mm. but I, I buy the vinyl as a, a bands that I like, as a collectible, because I listen to the actual music yeah. on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, and the vinyl is a much, you know, nicer collectible piece to have than a than a CD that I was probably never going to play anyway. Mm, mm. Um, audio played on, uh, from vinyl on a proper hi-fi system sounds much better than CD. If you didn't know that. Yeah, I was aware of that. That's well known amongst audiophiles. Um, hi Basso, if you're listening. Um, yeah, you can't you can't beat a record played on a decent hi-fi system. No, this is probably true. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, what else would you like to discuss this week? You did tell me before we started recording what you wanted to talk about, and I got two of them out. I forget what the third thing was. To be honest, I'm kind of forgetting what the third thing was mm. at the moment as well. But... Okay, well, let's uh, let's talk COVID and, and whether mask mandates are coming back or not. I think... That horse has bolted, really, hasn't oh, it? Oh, that, that horse has well and truly bolted. Look, hmm. I'm, you know, I just had my fourth booster, so I'm very pro-science on, on COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm very, uh, I've been wearing my mask um, for the past couple of weeks when I go shopping and, and the like, because, hmm. um, you know, I, I just simply don't want to catch it, whether, I don't really care whether it's mild or not, I, hmm. I just don't want to get sick either way. Hmm. Um, but, you know, having seen the, the social media, the, the if, if, even if they try and put in some sort of mask mandate, people just aren't going to do it. Mm. It's, it's, it's as black and white as that. And, and I think even the epidemiologists who I've seen have kind of come to that same conclusion that, yeah, look, mandating is not the way to go, that trying to educate people mm. um, is, a, is, a, is a better option. Uh, I guess still not going to get through to to most people. I would I would imagine who seem to have decided that uh, the vaccines are you know quote unquote pointless and that uh, mm. masks are, you know are curtailing one's freedom. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's um doesn't you know it, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's uh. It would work to even try to 
to put a mandate in place, you know, without being some kind of heavy-handed policing of it. Mm. I think the, the 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 trouble, though, I think governments, particularly the Tasmanian government, are taking a calculated risk in that the situation in our hospitals is already very bad in terms of the number of COVID cases that they're treating and, and pressure on staff resources uh, yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Um, many... Uh, epidemiologists and people in the health field are saying we're not even at the peak of this wave yet. No. It, it might actually get worse. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the government, I think, is is risking the total collapse of the Tasmanian health system um, um, because they're afraid to tell people what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, well, it's not that they're afraid to, to tell people what to do. I think it's they know that there's no point. Mm. Um, they could try, but it's not going to work. So what, what can they do? They've um, to, a, to a certain point, the governments have made their, their bed by allowing the health system to get into such a mm. state of, um, of disrepair that, that it's come to this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at the end of the day... That's that's it. That, that I don't think there's anything else that they can really do, apart from you know, actually putting the uh, policy in place to make the health system better. Yeah, well. You know, but you know, let's not get carried away here. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I was reading. I think on the ABC this afternoon um, there was a story about um, I think a, a young child who completely collapsed or something in a taxi. Um, on the way to the Royal Hobart Hospital. And the reason he was in a taxi is because all the ambulances were already yeah. used up. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. yeah. The kid was having an asthma attack. And, yeah. And the, the parents probably, to their, you know, they probably thought it'd be better to put him in a taxi and take him to the emergency department than hmm. because they weren't going get to get an ambulance. Hmm. Um, but, you know, this was happening before COVID. Hmm. It's not, this is not something new that, that's happening. Mm. Um, para, you know, the, the, the governments have had a long time to um, put, you know, extra paramedic staff in place to, to put systems in place to, to try and fix this, and they just haven't. Mm. Mm. Um, governments were, quite frankly, banking on the fact that the vaccines would just kind of cure everything and, and make everything go away, and, and that... You know, despite the fact that that vaccinations are still better than no vaccinations, mm. um, it, it, that still hasn't happened. It still hasn't just made COVID go away. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, look, it, it's going to be interesting to compare um, how different countries deal with these things because uh, um, Bray and I are going on holidays in a couple of weeks. Touch wood. Yeah. Um, and one of the places that we're visiting is Singapore that has a very, very different attitude towards, um, uh, I guess, mask wearing, uh, yeah. mask enforcement and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, from, so. from what I understand from Singapore is that although um, the masks, so masks are still mandated indoors, mm-hmm. um, but masks are no longer mandated outdoors. Mm. 
but Singaporeans on the whole, uh, you know, 50, 60, 70% of them are still wearing their masks outdoors anyway. Yeah. Um, this is a very much a cultural difference in, in, in Singapore in that mm. Singaporeans kind of do what the majority do. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they think that they still believe that the government knows best and that mm. what the government says that you should do, that, that you should follow. Mm. Um, and, I mean, and some of it's also a little bit practical in then that, you know, look, if you're just going to wear the mask, then just wear it. Don't try yeah. to take it off outdoors and then have to put it on indoors. And yeah. But, I mean, mask, mask wearing for people, um, especially in Southeast Asia, is not unusual because they've had... Um, oh, they were doing it before COVID. Yeah, because, because they've had, you know, bird a, flu and that kind of thing. Yeah, because they've had, yeah, the bird flu and, and SARS to, to deal with and... Um, hmm. You know, it's become a little bit more normalised, and and frankly, a lot of, a lot of um, Asians have been have been wearing masks just to um, try and filter out pollution as yeah. much as, as anything else. So, mm. um, but there's all yeah, but it's 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 also it's mainly been down to this kind of community um, effect of you know if you're sick, then pop a mask on while you're on the on public transport and and, mm. and not make your your fellow humans sick as well mm. it's it's a matter of politeness and um mm. it's been something they've always done and it'd be something they continue i think singapore will be one of the last places in to drop a mask mandate yeah for sure mm. um it's it's um it's one of the reasons i quite like singapore is that i guess that community mindedness that that mm. Singaporean people have. Mm. Mm. Um, I, for those of you that are wondering, I don't know if we're going to take um, the unmade bed on the road. I'm not sure. I'm, if I try and pack this podcasting microphone, I'm not sure what security any of our airports are going to think. I'm sure there's plenty of podcasters that take their gear with them, so it'll be nothing unusual, but... Oh yeah, no, no problems at all. Yeah, I don't know. I might try a test and see if I can hook it up to my iPad or something, but who knows? Um, I just remembered the third thing you wanted to talk about. You wanted to talk about the fact that the last um, Aria Chark throwback that they put up on Facebook was complete and utter garbage. Oh yes, absolutely. That's right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I listened to it. It was. From nineteen ninety. No, it was from two thousand and two. Sorry, two, yeah. Yeah. Early two um, thousands, yes. Yeah, uh, Avril Lavigne's "Complicated" was uh, number one that week. Well, I think last week, back in two thousand and two. Yeah. It was so bad that top ten that I thought, no, I'm not even. We're not even going to talk about it. That's how bad it was. So I thought we'd go back thirty years to this week in nineteen ninety two. 92? 1992. So you've got some songs in your head. Right. So, firstly, the uh, the big... Uh, there's a couple of bullet performers and new entries this week back in 1992. The big bullet was Madonna's This Used to Be My Playground. Went from number 50 to number 13. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was the big mover of the week. Um, the highest uh, debut, Michael Jackson's Jam, debuted at number eleven. It was that in a was that in a no? I don't think it was from Space Jam. No, okay. No, I'd have to look that up. Don't quote me. It's on not that. his finest work. But no, it's, you know, mm. fine. Yeah, but at the time it was enough to debut. It made the top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, number 10 this week back in 1992 was Sophie B. Hawkins, Damn I Wish I Was Your Lover. Mm. Good song. Great song. Yep. Uh, number nine, Rick Price, Heaven Knows. Whatever happened to Rick Price? It was huge. Like, had, you know, not a day goes by, top three hit, Heaven yeah. Knows, I think, top three hit, and then, poof. Uh, yeah, who knows? Mm. Heaven to, Knows. Yeah, I'll have to look that up, <laughs> and we'll look that up and get back to you. Number eight, um, Ugly Kid Joe, Everything About You, the As Ugly As They Want To Be EP. Yeah. Mm, they were sort of... Um, Is that was only Ugly Kid Joe's only number 10 hit? Probably. No, Cats in the Cradle oh, was sorry, number Cats one. Cats in the Cradle. Yeah, they, they, apart from that. Yeah, okay. Which was not really their thing. It, they were, a, you know, a, a sort of hard rock band. Mm. They had these couple of sort charts, of, sort of ballady kind of yeah. pop rock songs. Anyway, number seven, uh, Lisa Edwards' Cry, cover of Godly and Cream song. But... Um, I write that as a cover. It's a good song. Yeah, a, it's a, a good, great song. Yeah, good version. Uh, number six, George Michael, Too Funky. Ah. Yeah. That, I, had, I had the cast single of this. Yeah. That's, this was, Too Funky was when George, for a while there, around the time of the release of Listen Without Prejudice, he refused to appear in his videos. Yeah. So... Oh, I remember the video, like, you know, with Linda Evangelist. Yeah, that's right. He, Campbell, he only supermodel. Yeah, he star. only appears right at the end. That was, yeah. you know, they sort of convinced him to do to do that, and then after a while, he went back to appearing in his videos. But you know, that was George. Uh, number five, big bullet performer, jumping up from twenty-five to five. Prince, sexy MF. Mm-hmm. One of those songs that they could not play on Rage. Yeah. Yep, no, that was just a little caption saying Prince Sexy MF. Uh, number four. Yeah, this is brings back some bad memories. Chris Cross's Jump was at number four. <laughs> oh, Lord. Were you the Mac Dad or the Daddy Mac? Uh, I, was no, <laughs> I was neither. Just, yeah, the, the whole... No, the whole pants back Went backwards and, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't it, was, do. it was an interesting, uh, interesting time. It didn't do anything for me. Number three on the move up. I think it peaked at number two. KWS, please don't go. The old KC and the Sunshine Band song. Yeah. One of those early nineties sort of. Yeah, you know, you don't. Yeah, I know. I'm, yeah. yeah, I know, but yeah. Mm. Number two and leaving the top spot this week back in nineteen ninety two. Vanessa Williams, save the best for last. Uh, you like that song, don't I you? I actually kind of like that song. Yes, I hate it uh, with a passion. But you will like the number one song. Sometimes the snow comes Stop. down in June. Stop, because we need to talk Sometimes about the number one the song. Sun goes around the moon. Num- number one song this week back in nineteen ninety two was Richard Marks with Hazard. Ah, now you see, we were playing. This, I was playing this in the car sometime, and you you went, "Oh, this is not a song I thought you'd like." Uh, correct. Yes, but I I. I, it's to me. This is actually Hazard is one of the one of the greatest pop songs that I've that I've heard. It has two hooks. Yeah. It has the, the little flute hook that goes throughout yeah, the song. Yeah. Yeah. And it has the the chorus as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's 
it's a song that it's got a it's got a, a story storytelling component to it. Yes, man accused of killing girlfriend. And, you know, man accused of killing girlfriend. Yeah. You can imagine. I'm look. I actually I've never actually looked this up, but I'm I was always assuming that the man accused of killing his girlfriend in the song was black. Yeah. In the way that they kind of. Well, they didn't do that in the the music. uh, He was at least an out of towner, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't. The music video is weird because the music video seemed to suggest that she decided to go missing, or people made her go missing so they could pin it on Richard Marx's character. Yeah, no, yeah, that was never. I mean, that's probably it was never quite clear. Yeah, feel free to write in if you can solve exactly what the video has it is all about. Unmadebed22 at gmail.com. Thank you, but yes, no, I actually, it's to me that's um, that's a song that appears in a few different playlists that I have because it's, uh, I think it's a pretty great song. It's um, mm. and it's got that uh, from a, I've actually sung the song at karaoke mm-hmm. probably on more than one occasion. I mm-hmm. can't quite remember, but because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's got that great um, bridge on it as, yeah. as well. That's a really good uh, yeah, a really good karaoke bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, my two favourite Richard Mark songs are... Uh, right en- Here Waiting? No. No? Hate okay. it. No. Endless Summer Nights. Okay, Endless, yeah, Good okay. song. I'll take um, Endless Summer Nights, yep. Satisfied as well. Something a bit more rocky okay. and up-tempo. Yeah. So yeah. they're my two favourites. Um, and just to prove how backwards 1992 was, the number one album this week was Lionel Richie's Back to Front. Yeah. Yeah. And ZZ Top was at number two, yeah, so you know, ZZ Top. go figure. Yeah, mm. gotta love a beard. Gotta love a beard. Yeah, even though the beard in ZZ Top, Frank Beard was the one that didn't have a beard. That's the part of the humour. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all part of the joke. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention? Anything else that's? Oh, I think we've probably been rambling on for quite long enough. So. Yeah, twenty-two minutes and counting. So we'll leave it right there. Like I said, if you want to. Give us your opinion on the show or Richard Marx's music videos, whatever you feel like talking about, unmadebed22 at gmail.com. It's good night from me. Say good night, Bree. Good night, Bree. And we'll catch you next time on the Unmade Bed.